And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 155, aka season 2, episode 23. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since we still have phone numbers for some odd reason, since nobody calls, I'll give them to you. Uh, those numbers are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, not sure if we're getting a third co-host a little bit later in the show. Um, so what's going on with you this week, MC? Uh, not not a whole lot. Um, I'm, I guess... The way I feel it is like this is this is as good as it's gonna get. Like this is, this is like my my life and the situation it is right now is this is I've I've made it. I'm I'm at the top, and so the way I see it is it could only get worse from here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you can ne- I can never be happy. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's a very so, uh, fatalistic look on things. It, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I've how I've been feeling this this last week. Uh, so I just I just got a a, a Tesla a okay. car, right? Um, it's pretty cool, you know. It's it's a uh, it's quick. It's not the performance one, so it doesn't have launch mode and all that stuff. But uh, just rear wheel drive only. But um, it's really nice. Um, it's like a spaceship when you drive it. Kind of kind of feels like a video game. But nice. Um, but yeah, that's and that's that's pretty much. You know, how I feel this week, and I guess there, there's probably stuff happening in in politics and and stuff happening. You know, people trying to uh, uh, take people's guns away and all that stuff. But uh, I guess uh, this week I, I get I took a vacation from that. So yeah, SSDD in the world of politics as usual. I guess the the biggest news to hit along with the gun grabs was. Um, Donald Trump agreeing to meet with uh, Kim Jong-un, North Korea. So they're going to have like a sit-down, a little powwow, and the world waits to see what will come of that. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm a little curious when you say like, it can all go down from here. Is it one of those things where all of a sudden, like the realization, like money can't buy happiness, as cliche as that is? Oh, I mean, no, no. It's, okay. it's more It's more like um, I, I'm waiting for something bad to happen like everything's okay. good now everything will be fine as long as everything's fine but uh you know something bad is you know bound to happen in my life and you know in everybody's lives and okay. and uh and that then that's kind of what i'm waiting for i'm like everything is good now um i don't have anything you know immediate to worry about uh just you know waiting for something to happen and whether that's you know the government coming after me or okay. the homeowners association kicking me out of the the, <laughs> the, the neighborhood or you know or you know some something is gonna happen you know <laughs> okay so so rather than allow your mind to be at ease you're you're filling it with something to worry about unnecessarily perhaps yeah and i, I don't know how unnecessary it is but um it's it's kind of like uh you know sometimes i think about being being a prepper you know should i be a prepper <laughs> should i you know buy a, a silo in the and you know and a lot of people that have too much money and time on their hands do that and so i don't know is that is that the next step (laughs) well it it could also be you know it's one of those weird things right because we we've had private conversations about this before and you know the 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 secret to happiness people will always say like 
find what you love doing and then do that and then find a way to make money doing that. Then you're always doing the thing you love and you're always making money doing it. Right? And so you're like, well, if you if you had all the money you could ever need, like what would you do? And my answer has always been absolutely nothing. Like I have <laughs> I have no I have no philanthropic aspirations or or you know, good deeds that need to be done. You know, I just I would do nothing. I would, I would, I would hardly get out of bed, you know, if, 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 if the, the call did not come in to, to do something. So, and I know like, you know, again, we, we've talked privately about it, but I'll bring it up on the air. It's not t- too big a video. Um, all the side projects that you, you know, that you wanted to get into and, and you've, you've done, you've given to charitable causes in the name of like Liberty before, but none of those side projects like are, are calling out to you for immediate attention or anything like that to, yeah, just to get something I, done. And I still got a few side projects going on. Okay. Um, and, and, th- and those will happen in time, but um, yeah, I, I was thinking more of just uh, how the world is treating me at the moment. Like it, it, it like er- everything is perfect in my life and it can only get worse because <laughs> okay. it can't get better. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, then I will share what the my biggest concern for the week, um, and I think the the way I'm going to try to relate this to the show is absent the state, <clears throat> absent you know the the guns of government, the guns of force, and when we enter into a world of you know voluntary arrangements amongst individuals and companies, right? Because I'm I'm. I'm not of the of the mindset that you know businesses are going to disappear with the state, right? Like I don't. The corporations and corporatism and cronyism uh, might be reduced to some aspect, um, but there will always be those who like employ, and there will always be those who are employed. Um, and I've been on both sides of the table, so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm neither here nor there um, on that issue. But I will say, you know, absent absent the state and all that in in a world of voluntary arrangements, it is very important, um, to deal with, uh, each other, right. Um, with, with honesty and what I, what I'm going to say, honor, right. You got, you got to, you must do the honorable thing, right. Otherwise, you know, society doesn't move forward. Businesses don't move forward It all. It all comes to a halt, uh, or regresses, to some aspect of it, right? Like those, those relationships have to be at at the highest level. Um, especially, you know, as we've discussed in the show before, where the final recourse, right. For, for, for not, uh, honoring your agreements and, you know, acting with honor, um, boils down to violence, right? Like if I have no peaceful recourse, uh, you know, someone's ass is going to get whipped. Like that's, you know, that will always be the case, and I am not creative enough to imagine a world where that's not the, where that's not always the final solution. Um, so this week, um, we we it, it it it's a long stemming discussion, but this week, this past Wednesday, uh, I just I walked off the job. I just you know got got into it with management, and off I went. Um, and the the reason was is because in my opinion. From my perspective, um, they they acted with dishonor and failed to uphold 
their end of the like employment agreement, right? Which is to, to pay me what they said they would. And we had a, uh, I, I and a couple of coworkers, I guess, had a previous discussion with management um, or the general manager uh, some weeks ago where they said like, you know, we're, we're going to change the payment structure that how everyone gets paid. And I went, okay, I'm, I'm listening. Um, and they said, everyone's getting a raise. And I went, that's fantastic. You know, and they said merit-based raise. So where are you? Everyone's going to get evaluated. We're going to look at like what you bring to the table and everyone's going to get a raise, uh, based on that. And I went fucking sounds great. Right. And then in, you know, under the breath in the next sense, they go like, um, but we're taking away your commissions. Like, you know, you're no longer going to get paid your commission. I went, well, then the raise better be at least what the commission average was. Right. If, you know, don't tell me if I'm getting a raise, if my paycheck is going to be less. Uh, and the general manager at the time said, um, probably not going to happen that way. And I went, well, that's bullshit. Then that's, that's not a raise at all. That's a pay cut. You're, you're giving me a pay cut. And you're trying to hide it in a pay raise. And so there was, there was a heated back and forth about that. <clears throat> and at the time, the general manager had indicated to me, right, that this was all um, in just in, dis- in the discussionary phase with upper management. Nothing had been finalized yet. And that when it did become final, there would be the evaluations um, and a meeting, like a staff meeting to let everyone know where the situation is at. I'm like, okay. So over last weekend, um, I had some free time. Uh, I went through, you know, my, uh, my, my recent paychecks. Um, cause I got to like, I got to review the pay online and, you know, submit it for approval and all that other stuff or just it, it goes through anyway, but just, just like for me to verify it, I, I can look at it and, you know, click the verified button. Um, so I went through that and everything was hunky dory. A okay. I went, all right. So then they're, they're not, they are not screwing me yet. Um, and then I went into work on Wednesday, uh, and the, the general manager, um, started a discussion with me that kind of let the cat out of the bag. Cause he started, uh, talking a little bit of trash about, uh, the other guy who was working in the kitchen that night, you know, he like, he brings up random conversations just to like, just to have conversations with us. And he goes like, you know, the other guy's upset about the scheduling, you know? And I looked at the schedule and I went, well, he's getting like 39 hours. What's there to be upset about? You know, that's like almost as full time as you can get without getting overtime. He's like, well, he's getting into it with the, the head kitchen chef. Um, so the head kitchen chef's like moving his hours around kind of like in spite I went, well, that's stupid, you know. So the the other gentleman came back from the restroom, and I went, manager said, you don't like your schedule. He goes, no, no, schedule's fine. He's Japanese. Schedule's fine. I'm like, well, what's what's the problem then? He's like, commission gone. I'm like, oh, gone? Already? Like, uh, He's like, yeah, yeah, paycheck no more. So I went, hey, general manager, remember that talk we had a couple weeks ago? When you said that nothing was finalized yet and, you know, nothing had been set in stone, I go, is my paycheck going to have my commission? And he went, no, it's done. We, we cut that. I go, where's the notice? Like, there, there's no notice. I'm like, so the raise is already in there then. He went, no, no, we haven't done the evaluations for the raise yet. I'm like, so you just, you cut my pay without notice, without my evaluation. And you thought like that was going to be okay with everybody? 
and then he started making excuses about how the commission was never part of the compensation package and all, you know, and a whole bunch of bullshit on that. I went, all right, then I'm going home. Like <laughs> it was about nine o'clock and the other, the other kitchen guy was scheduled to get off at nine o'clock and I usually stay till 11 to, to close it all down. I went, I'm going home until we resolve this because this is unacceptable and this is not what I agreed to. Like you are now asking me to work for less than what I agreed to work for. And I didn't even agree to the new arrangement. So I'm, I'm leaving. So I left, um, you know, took, took the night off the rest of the night off and then composed an email to the CEO of the company and also submitted a copy of that to the, the, uh, outsourced HR department. Just, you know, just in, because at that point you can't really trust management to file things properly or to keep records of things. Um, so I submitted it to the HR department just, just so it's on file, just so my, my grievance is on file. Cause that, you know, I like to do things the right way if, and when at all possible. Um, so I let the, I let the, the CEO know, uh, my grievance, my concerns. And, um, then on Friday we had a meeting. And part of the meeting is what, you know, I had originally told the general manager during the first discussion weeks ago, right? I said, it's an entirely separate conversation to like to hide a pay cut in the guise of a pay raise than to just be honest with the employees and say, hey, the company is having financial difficulties. We're going to all need to like tighten our belts a little bit um, and ask you guys to take a little pay cut. And maybe down the line, if we, you know, if we turn a profit for the year, you know, give you guys a bonus then, right? Like that's an entirely different conversation. That's an honest and honorable and respectful conversation to have, um, you know, with, with individuals and employees and work and anybody for that matter, right? Then, then to come to the table, you know, sideways and say, we're giving you all raises, um, but your paycheck's going to be smaller at the end, right? Are we, on, are we on the same page, at least with that part of the story, MC? Sure. Okay, good. So, cause I, I didn't feel like I was in the wrong at all with walking off because they're paying me less than what I agreed to. Why would I do work for less than what, what I agreed to do it for knowing that they have no intention on paying me what I, they agreed to pay me in the first place. Um, and everyone else too. Like I'm, I'm shocked, right? And I'm not, I'm not shocked, but it's, it baffles my mind that I'm usually the only one to take a stand. And I'm not even like taking a stand for everyone else. I'm just taking a stand for myself. And if everyone else were to take a stand for themselves, um, then they, they couldn't do that. Right. They, they'd have to, they, they would be coerced, uh, in, in, for lack of a better term, um, into dealing honestly with individuals. And in part of my email, I said that, you know, you, you have to, in order, in order for this to work, you have to, you have to be honorable, right. And uphold your end of the bargain. And if you want to renegotiate, then renegotiate. But until the negotiation is finalized, um, you can't just, you can't change your end of the deal and expect everything to be a okay. Um, so I had that discussion, you know, with the CEO and we moved forward and, and we came to an arrangement, right? So I, I will be going, um, back to work soon. Um, but with a, a heavy, heavy deal, of, of skepticism and a moderate amount of animosity, right? Because, you know, there, there's, there is definitely trust lost in that arrangement now, um, based on their actions and, you know, w without the, the, oh yeah. The other thing I want to mention is like when I, when, when, when I walked off, you know, I told the general manager, like, 
I'm trying to resolve this, right? But if, if you don't want to handle this respectfully, right, I'm going to be forced to consult an attorney, right? I didn't say I'm going to sue the company. I didn't say like, you guys are going to get it, right? But I said, I'm going to have to talk to an attorney and find out, you know, what my, what my rights are in this matter and what sort of recourse I can expect. And he like, he reveled in the challenge. He's like, go ahead, like bring it on. Like, like, you know, take your best shot, bro. Kind of a thing. I was like, really? Like, that's really your, that's really where your stance is on this. Like you're going to fucking dig in your heels and you're wrong, right? Legally, who knows? Cause I never consulted an attorney, right? But like on, on the morals and the ethics of, of honorable negotiations, you're completely in the wrong, right? There was, there was an agreement made prior to you getting here, but still an agreement was made on, on what my compensation was. And you don't get to arbitrarily change it without notice and without renegotiating. Like that's, that's as underhanded and, you know, again, lack of a better term, sketchy as it gets, right? You just, you obviously can do it, but you cannot expect, you know, there's a quote like, you know, you're free, you're free to make choices, but you're not free from the consequences of those choices, right? Or, Or something to that effect, right? It's like, you can totally do that, right? But the backlash that you're going to suffer, you know, totally makes it not worth it when there's such an easy way to do it with respect and with honor and with dignity for both the, the company management and the employees for anyone to like dig in their heels and be in the wrong, right? Obviously in the wrong is baffling. Um, so the one downside to the meeting with the CEO, um, was that he's like, well, this, this is our GM. This is our guy. And we stand by him 100%. As like, that's, you know, didn't, didn't say it right. I'm like, that's kind of a sad place to be because anytime you do that, you eliminate yourself, you know, from, from ever getting the high ground or ever being on the side of like righteousness because you're automatically going to take his side, right? It's like, it's, 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 well, again, to tie it into the show, it's like the status mentality, right? My country, right or wrong. I was like, no, there, there is right, there is wrong, and you should not tie yourself, you know, to a person, a thing, or an ideology um, that could put you in the wrong when it's so obvious, you know, what the right thing to do is. Um, and so, again, just a, a baffling, a baffling mindset all the way around. Um, but in part of the negotiations, you know, to, to go back to work, uh, I'm getting a, a pay raise, quote unquote, uh, my paycheck will be smaller, um, but I'm also not going to work on like the busiest day of the week, right? Like, you know, it, it's a kitchen, it's a restaurant. Um, some days are busier than others. And which is one of the reasons why I liked the commission structure. Cause on busy days, I work harder. I get paid more uh, on slow days. I work less. I get paid less, right? Like I accept that as part of the job. And so I said, well, for, for the amount, for the amount of the raise, I'm not going to work the busy days. Because the busy days, it's not worth it to me. It's not worth the pay you're going to give me to work that hard on the busy days. And so I said, is you know, is the pay raise negotiable? Because this is how much I want to balance that out. You want me to work the busy day? This is what I need to make that day worth the rest of the week, you know, on average, right? And they said, no. I said, all right, well, I'll work the slow days then, because the slow days is mostly standing around with a, a few kitchen dishes here and there, and lots of cleaning and prep work and whatnot, and you know, I don't mind getting paid that to do that kind of work. 
but like hell, I'm going to, I'm going to bust my ass, you know, for, for the amount of money that they're giving me. Um, when the restaurant is packed and the kitchen's full and we're like, you know, we're backed up on tickets. There's, there's no way. So that was, that's the reason why I chose to go back is because, well, you know, for the, for the two slow days that I work, it's worth the pay for the one busy day that I work. It's not worth the pay, you know? And, and for the two slow days, because those days are usually so slow, um, the commission may not have been even what the pay raise they gave me was. So I might be coming out ahead on those two days, but the, the busy day doesn't make up for it anymore. And that MC is why I'm probably going to make it to our friend's birthday party next week, Friday. That's all I got. <laughs> Your thoughts. Did I do the right well, thing? Well, good luck. Um, it's it's kind of like uh, arguing with idiots, you know. <laughs> Well, that's also why I walked out. There was there was no more to be gained from from any right, prolonged right. conversation with the lower level moron. Straight to right. the CEO. Well, it's good that you're able to do that. Um. Oh yeah, one more funny thing in in like in the email from the CEO when we're like discussing it, right? He he puts in there like, "Don't worry about coming to work on Friday," <laughs> as if I had planned to. Right. Like I thought I was very clear. I'm not coming back until this is resolved. Like, right. hell am I going to show up for my shift on Friday if this is not resolved? I'm, I'm home, man. Like you're lucky I'm staying in town to come to this meeting with you. Waste two hours of my time doing nothing in town. So yeah, I mean, like I don't under arguing with stupid people is probably the, the, the most concise, um, uh, explanation of, of that whole endeavor. Yeah. But I'm not surprised. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's obvious that it, sh- it shouldn't happen that way. <laughs> you would think it's, 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 uh, it's basically a theft <laughs> if you change the agreement without telling somebody. So absolutely. Um, yeah. And 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 again, in, in talking with the CEO, right? He he called it like an oversight, and admitted that it was probably not the best way to handle it. He didn't outright call it a theft. I didn't accuse them of stealing. Um, but I did say we, you know, I, I, part of the conversation was like, I laid it all out in the email. If, if we have to go back and discuss that, that's fine. Um, if we want to just move forward, you know, we, if, if we accept the truth of what I wrote, we can move forward in the negotiation process. Right. But if, if we want to hash this out, you know, then let's do it. Um, and he said, well, let's just move forward then. And I went, all right. So we kind of like, I laid it out there. There was no, there was no concessions or anything made, um, on that side of things, but I'm pretty sure, right. Based on how it all went down, I'm probably the first person to get my evaluation and the first person to get my raise. Uh, even though I lost, you know, a shift, a low paid shift on a busy night doing it. And then the other thing that I was talking with the coworkers, like, well, if, if they do that and we do walk out, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad for like retaliating on the way out. Right. Like I don't, you know, so we walk out, we like unplug all the refrigerators and then they just, they'll have like hundreds of dollars of food spoilage the next day and nothing to cook. Right. They'd they'd be like, they'd be down a day plus wasted food. It's like, I would, I would feel justified in that. It's not really a get back, but it is a get even. Luckily, it won't come to that. Right. Uh, so what else is new? <laughs> uh, that's it on the, that's it for my week. That was like, that was the, 
the most baffling thing of my week. We can get headlines? Is it too early sure. for headlines? All right. No. Headlines. That's cold-blooded. Uh, Oakland coffee shop resu- refuses to serve police in uniform. A uh, headline. Excuse me. Vancouver declares 5% of homes empty and liable for new tax. A uh, headline. Seattle police begin gun confiscation. No laws broken, no warrants, no charges. A uh, headline. 24-year-old sent to prison for selling Bitcoin without asking for ID. Headline, uh, seven reasons to shut down public school immediately and permanently. And finally, headline, you can make your kids invisible to the U.S. government, but should you? Uh, Any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Uh, What about Seattle? Taking guns? Yes. Uh, Seattle. Seattle police begin gun confiscation. No laws broken, no warrants, no charges. uh, Reading into the article, a man in Seattle has had his guns confiscated by police after breaking no laws. The police took his guns without a warrant and without pressing any charges. Tyranny has officially taken hold on American soil. Uh, This sets a precedent that government can now forcefully take guns away from individual without a crime being committed or an arrest being made and without a warrant. Uh, In the name of fear and political exploitation of anti-gun rhetoric, a citizen's Second Amendment rights have been ripped apart from him by the government. The new red flag law, uh, which has taken hold in other states already, allows uh, the courts and law enforcement to take away guns from individuals they deem are dangerous, and they've just begun the confiscation. Uh, A man living in the Belltown neighborhood of Seattle, Washington, became the first individual in the state to have his firearm confiscated without any formal arrest or charges. The man was not identified by authorities. Neighbors complained that the man had been staring at people through storefront windows while wearing a holstered firearm. He was not brandishing his weapon by any account, and open carrying is legal in the area, so he was abiding by the law. Uh, Other residents also complained that the man's open carrying made them feel uncomfortable and unsafe. He was roaming the hallways with a 25 caliber automatic, says Tony, Tony Montana, a man who lives in the same apartment complex as the gun owner and a person without any reasonable gun knowledge. Handguns are semi-automatic. Uh, these lousy complaints from the neighbors allowed police to use the newly passed state law to confiscate the man's firearms because the man apparently stared at others. Uh, but maybe there's a ban on staring at others in Washington we're unaware of. Under the extreme risk protection orders, also referred to as ERPOS or red flag laws, police, government officials are now allowed to violate a person's Second and Fourth Amendment rights, which are basic fundamental human rights, and take their legally acquired personal property if they are tattled on by offended liberals. Uh, your thoughts on this MC and and anything in general? <laughs> um, well, like I said before, uh, not surprised at all you know it's i think it's uh maybe it's just because of the school shooting happened recently and people are on edge and they want to uh virtue signal with with the amount of power that they have and they can just do things and uh makes them feel good um yeah bunch of pussies indeed and again this I think what bothers me the most is like the argument, the, the, the pro second amendment argument is so weak in a lot of cases, 
right? That I go like, you know, can can someone just come up with a better argument? You know, like it, it's the, the anti-gun people are like, you know, for the safety, for the children, you know, that sort of thing. Like it, it's too dangerous to have these weapons. And the, the pro-Second Amendment people go like, well, these weapons aren't for hunting, right? They're for our protection. And if the if the government ever comes to take our guns, we're going to shoot them. And then someone else goes, yeah, but if, if the government comes for your guns, they're just going to like blow you up with a drone from miles away and you're not going to you're not going to get a chance to shoot them. And, I, and and both sides are kind of right. Right. Except for the fact that the government gets more ridiculous and more overbearing on a daily basis. And there's no like, you know, uh, militia group out there really fighting back right like you know during the during the hurricane the new orleans hurricane a few years ago some years ago they did they did similar things right the national guard went door to door and took people's guns for their protection for their safety just disarmed the population and nary a national guard member was shot right they they put bans on 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 weapons they put bans on uh, ammunition they put bans on how big your clip can be and and no one's shooting back Right. They go like, you know, no, no one in this country has ever been like rounded up by the government and forced into concentration camps or cages. And because that's because we got the Second Amendment. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's happened and, and nobody fought back. Right. So it's 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 vir- it's virtue signaling on both sides. Right. And, it, and it, it's not even like it's not even relevant to the issue at hand. Right. Like. I should I should be able to own a gun, whatever gun I want, um, simply because I have the money and can afford it, and it's a product or service available for purchase to me. Like it's not it's not a Second Amendment right. It's it's like it's a purchasing privilege for me to own that gun. Right? No one's handing me a gun. No one's giving me a gun. If they did, fantastic. I'll take it. So if anyone out there wants to like arm me uh, on the side because I don't want to fill out paperwork. Uh, by all means, hook it up. But both both sides virtue signal, and and the debate really goes nowhere. So you know what? Aside from the property issue, right? Which is which, in my opinion, is the only one that matters. Um, is there is there something I'm missing from the whole gun grab debate, MC? Like, is there, you know, what's how do we resolve this? Um. I don't think status can resolve it, and if you're not a status, then you don't register your firearm anyway. So um, that's that's pretty much it. And um, it's it's kind of hard to walk around with a with a uh, open carry. It's hard it's hard to do that, um, obviously, because people will report you, and uh, you'll end up in prison or whatever. At least at least they'll take their gu- your gun away. But um, well, yeah, I guess uh, the only option then is to conceal it and uh, and hope nobody finds out about it, especially your employer. Yeah. So there was a there was another one. Uh, I, I think it was this morning I, I found it. Yeah, I saw it too. Uh, so the woman got uh, taken taken out of her job. I guess re- removed physically from her position at work. She was a, a social worker or something like that. Um, because Hard she had she had a, a gun permit. She had a concealed carry gun permit. Just a permit. Yeah, just the permit. She didn't take the gun to work. She just just took the you know, just had a permit and 
that was that was enough of a threat. Everybody in her office felt so so violated. Their 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 uh, safety was violated so bad that they had to call the cops. And the cops are so scared that they had to get three three people, three cops, to go in and remove an unarmed person from her her job. <laughs> She's lucky she didn't get shot. Right, like they didn't call SWAT <laughs> to remove her. She's got a permit, and then open fire. We fe- we feared for our lives of the little piece of plastic with her picture and name on it. Yeah, it's getting so ridiculous. Like how much? But, how much more can can we tolerate? Yeah, like really. Well, in, in a way, a lot of this is overblown, just because uh, you know we have the internet, and therefore we have visibility to see everything that happens. Um, so I'm sure it doesn't happen that often, but it happens just because it happens at all is, is, is still mind boggling. Like what yes. is going through the, like the cops minds, like the three cops, you know, your Sergeant tells you go arrest this or, or you know, go remove this person from this uh, public spot because they have a permit. Like what is going through any of their minds? You know, if, if my boss told me that I'd be like, uh, no, uh, that's that's stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what the permit is for. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, what? It doesn't make sense. Like, uh, there's no other way to explain it. Like, no, I'm not doing that. See, and again, it would be it would be different if she was working for like a private employer, and the private employer had like some sort of you know policy in place, right? That it just for whatever reason we don't want you working here anymore, right? Yeah, for yeah. whatever reason. Please voluntarily leave the premises, right? And 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 t- and take your permit with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that 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 seems uh more reasonable, although I would I would disagree at at that time I would disagree with like the actions of the employer. Um uh, but again, if it's their place, you know, they they have it's a property rights issue then, right? It's, it's their place. They can do what they want. And if they don't, if they don't feel comfortable with, uh, with gun people in their presence, then by all means don't have gun people in your presence. Um, but to go so over the top, you know, so to go so over the top with the removal as to like, you know, be escorted out by a police escort. Cause the, there was like fear of office safety, right? It's, you know, it's, Oh man, it's mind boggling. Did you say mind boggling earlier? Because that's, that's that's what I said. That's a good my, fucking word. My mind is boggled every week. <laughs> it's a good reason to stay off the internet. But the other thing, you know, you said like with the, the internet gives us access to all these stories, and you're right, they do. Um, but one of the things that you know I, I pointed out a long time ago when I when I posted a lot more of this kind of stories on my personal Facebook feed um, was that. When one when one comes up, right? They always say, "Well, it's an isolated incident, right? This is an isolated incident, right? This this dude getting his gun confiscated because he stared at people through windows. It's just an isolated incident, right? You citizen need not fear to have your guns taken um, because you're not this isolated incident. This is this is not your this is not your situation. This is this guy's situation, you know." A one-time thing in Washington. Don't even worry about it, right? Um, but I'm sure now that we've had this one isolated incident, we're going to have more isolated incidents from around the country, 
right? So I was posting a lot more, you know, bad cop stories, uh, just to point out to my cop loving friends that, oh, yeah, here you go. Here's another, here's yet another isolated incident, right? That was kind of like my tagline, yet another isolated incident, just to show how many isolated incidents there were. Um, so the, the internet may bring it to light, um, but it's, that still does not mean it's not happening, right? It's just being brought to light, right? It's like shining, ro- shining light on the roaches, right? And watching them scramble and make up excuses and, you know, the, the one bad apple spoiling the bunch and all that other nonsense that, you know, the cliches that go with it. Um, it just, it happens and it happens all over the place. Um, and if you're lucky, it's not happening near you, but that doesn't mean it won't just give it time. At the, the general direction that the state takes, you know, the takes society, um, is, is always downhill, um, to the point where, yeah, just over the, over a course of a long enough time, it, it'll happen to you or to someone you love. Uh, and if that's what it takes to get you to change your mind, then well, shit's for you. But you know, when you could have prevented it ahead of time, um, but who knows? Anything else, MC? Uh, no, let's uh, move on, I guess. So here's here's more virtue signaling then. That's cold-blooded. Oakland Coffee Shop refuses to serve police in uniform. In the city, Is the city of Oakland rejecting all forms of law enforcement? Just days after the mayor of the city forewarned the citizens of the looming ice raid that left 840 felonious illegal immigrants on the streets, it seems some of her citizens are taking her lead. Uh, a barista at an employee-owned coffee shop in Oakland, California, ignited a controversy a few weeks ago when they asked the police officer to leave the shop because of a new policy that prohibits employees from serving police officers in uniform. Uh, as NBC Bay Area reports, a lengthy Instagram post written in Spanish titled Talk to Your Neighbors, Not the Police explains the coffee shop's policy and provides some context for the employee's decision to turn away a uniformed police officer on February 16th. The post very clearly states, we have a policy of asking police to leave for the physical and emotional safety of our customers and ourselves. KTVU reported that the officer, uh, who was not named by the media, said he traveled to the coffee shop to pick up a cup of coffee and to introduce himself. Uh, oh man, that's so long. Uh, in an effort to extend an olive branch to the community and to assuage customers' fears relating to the police, the Oakland Police Officers Association sent the shop a letter asking to open a dialogue about its policy. The sergeant who was turned away said he was surprised by the request, but left without incident and without any coffee. Uh, KTVU joked that police officers are now persona non java. Ha ha ha. At Asta Muerte. Uh, the officer told NBC he's looking forward to speaking with the employee owners to build a better relationship with them. Unsurprisingly, many area residents, including Latinos and people of color, say they felt the policy didn't make sense. I don't know what they got against them, said Roberto Lopez. Another resident who wished to be identified only as T agreed, saying, I think it's cold-blooded. I don't understand that. A third said, please, the policy is silly. If somebody is breaking into the coffee shop, who are they going to call? The cafe hasn't responded to the police union's letter sent two weeks ago requesting an explanation. Cafe managers declined to comment to KTVU. But Oakland City Council members Noel Gallo, who represented the Fruitvale District, said she spoke to the cafe managers on Thursday and confirmed that it's still the shop's unwritten policy not to serve men and women in uniform. Uh, my understanding is that they're not going to serve police officers, Gallo said. Uh, I don't agree with that 100%, Gallo added. I think we need to work together, not against each other. 
Uh, the cafe opened several months ago on the corner of East 27th Street and Fruitvale Avenue. As KTVU pointed out, the shop is a worker-owned collective with an anti-establishment bent that seeks to combat the militarization of police. Still, one area resident said she supports the ban. Uh, I think of a group of people don't feel safe with a police officer currently on duty. Coming into a space, they want people in the neighborhood to be able to feel safe coming into the space. Then it's a choice they should be able to make, says Tenaya Gunter-Brown. Uh, for now, police patrolling the Fruitvale neighborhood of Oakland will need to get their coffee fix at Starbucks or Pete's Coffee Shop up the street. Uh, one wonders if after the courts ruled against two Oregon bakers who refused to make a wedding cake for the same-sex couples due to their religious beliefs, can the cops file a suit against the Oakland Coffee Shop for refusing to serve them uh, due to the barista's feelings being hurt? Of course, as we are reminded, those who protect and serve are not a protected class. Uh, your thoughts on this coffee shop MC following suit of what was it? The, the black and red cafe in Oregon some years ago. Yeah. I, I would do the same thing if I had a coffee shop. To refuse to serve police. Yeah. I might even, I might even take it a step further and, uh, and do background checks on everybody that comes in and <laughs> get a DNA sure sample. Not, not associated with the state in any way. Or else they can't use my bank or my coffee machine or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> see and that i like the sound of right like that's that's open discrimination which i'm okay with i just think I, again i i called it virtue signaling when i started the article um because you know uh as an anarchist and you know of, of the the black and yellow variety um i struggle with with taking the side with whose side to take right like, I'm not I'm not a big fan of a lot of you know leftist tactics um, and policies, but when they're anti-state and anti-cop, I go yes, good, right? Mm -hmm. An alliance can be formed. Um, at the same time, I I, I but those same, those same people probably think uh, there should be a law against having guns too. That's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> The cops can't come in here. They're not safe. And right, and, but who are you going to call? And, I don't have to call anybody. I just I grab my firearm from in down in the back <laughs> and I protect my. That, that's that's should should go without saying, right? If you if you're not going to have the cops, you should have some sort of protection. And if you can protect yourself, then you don't need to call the cops. Am I wrong? I like, guess. What am I missing? No, that's right. All right, moving on. Uh, and with special guest who's now just joining us. Uh, moving on to the next article, uh, you can make your kids invisible to the U.S. government, but should you? Uh, do you ever wish the U.S. government didn't know you exist? Faith doesn't exist, according to the U.S. government. Her parents thought it was wrong for the government to assign children a number. Uh, in a sense, they thought they could keep their children free by keeping them out of all records. Uh, all nine children were born at home using midwives who agreed not to file any paperwork. They all had no birth certificates and no social security numbers. They were all homeschooled, and while their parents were not abusive, they were strict. Uh, even after their children turned 18, parents kept them from using the internet, working, or having a phone without permission. And the siblings were trapped because they couldn't go out on their own without government documentation. They couldn't open a bank account, get a job, or even sign up for a library card. The government controls your entire life based on the number they assign you at birth. Uh, if you don't have government documentation, the government prevents you from going about your daily life. Of course, it is wrong for the government to do this. 
Uh, you should be able to enter into agreements with employers without government approval. You should be able to open a bank account, sign up for private classes, and get on plane without government paperwork. Uh, but that didn't change the fact that faith was stuck. The government ended up being an unwitting accomplice to trapping faith under her parents' jurisdiction. Instead of being a slave to the state, she was dependent on her parents. Uh, faith convinced her grandparents to take her with them when they visited her family one day. Uh, by this time, Faith was over 18, so there was nothing legally her parents could do. She felt like she had escaped her oppression. But then what? What could she do? The government would continue to prevent her from working, traveling, driving, getting her own apartment, and so many other things. Uh, to the government, you are just a number. Without that number, the government, Faith, was no more. Uh, faith was no one. Uh, a blessing in disguise? Some people argue that Faith's parents gave her a gift that she doesn't realize. One podcast host criticized her for actively seeking to become a slave. Her parents seemed to legitimately believe that they were helping her and her siblings live freer lives. Uh, maybe philosophically or in theory that is true. But in practice, it just means Faith is prevented from doing almost anything. How exactly is she supposed to use this freedom? Uh, she would still be arrested for driving without a license. She would still be denied from getting on an airplane. She and any employer could still get in trouble if she works and is paid under the table. She couldn't even go into a liquor store and buy alcohol. Now, I have yet to hear, I have yet to heard how you actually benefit in the real world from not having a social security number. Again, this doesn't make it right that the government destroys freedoms in such a way, but I'm hard-pressed to put the blame on Faith for wanting to join society. Uh, what else can she do? Live off the charity of other people her entire life? Become a hunter-gatherer? Faith got some help from a Texas lawmaker to pass a bill that at least allowed Faith to get a birth certificate and therefore a driver's license. But her future is still very much in limbo without her government identification number. Uh, in an ideal world, there would be 7.4 billion sovereign individuals on Earth in an ideal world. Unfortunately, this is not an ideal world. Uh, I love the people who are trying to make it better, but there is a right way and a wrong way to go about it. If you choose to become a sovereign citizen, great. I'm not sure how effective it is at actually achieving individual liberty. It seems to put a target on your back, guarantee confrontations with the state, and limit your ability to travel. But it is a form of protest, an attempted at sovereignty, and produces some informative case studies, I suppose. Uh, I'm the type of guy who thinks individuals should do whatever they think best for themselves, as long as they aren't hurting anyone. But I don't think you should choose a life, that life for someone else. Uh, some people argue philosophically that it is wrong for the government to acquire a social security number and birth certificate to be considered a real person. And philosophically, I absolutely agree. Uh, all faith's problems would have been avoided if the government was not oppressive. The state shouldn't assign people numbers. The state shouldn't require its approval for a driver's license to work, travel, and for every other facet of life. There's a lot about this world that shouldn't be, but what we're born into is a world the way it is. Yes, we should change it for the better, but we shouldn't use others as pawns in our fight against oppression. Uh, so were Faith's parents doing her a favor? No, maybe they thought they were, but they ended up limiting her freedom to live a normal life. They set her up so that every day of her life would be a struggle against the government. They were protesting, but they were using their child to protest without that child's consent. As far as anyone can tell, you might only get one shot at life here on Earth. Some people choose to use their life to protest the unjust powers that be. They fight the good fight for freedom. But it is not wrong to take another approach. Failing to confront the government beast does not make you a coward or complicit. There are other ways to live free without painting a target on your back and fighting fights you can't win. Live your life as you see fit, peacefully and productively. You make the change at the individual level, and you have done your part free in this world. And that is what our free guide is all about. How to craft a two-year plan for freedom. Uh, choose the specific freedoms you are lacking in your life, then use our guide to plan and execute. 
Uh, you don't have to play by the rules of corrupt politicians, manipulate media, brainwash peers, uh, so on and so forth. And then you, they give you a subscription link. But that's the basic of the article. Uh, your thoughts on this, MC, uh, and you, Bronson, with children, um, should you have kept them out of the state's grasps to begin with? Who do you want first? Either or. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I generally don't agree with the sovereign citizen movement. I think, as you said last time, it's kind of a contradiction in terms. I think they have a lot of bizarre theories. So it's it's really a question of which kind of sovereign citizen are you? Are you the one who believes the, <coughs> the cops can't just come in and take all your shit? Or are you the kind that thinks that, you know, if you show up to court and you say some, if you say some secret words that they're just going to let you go? Or are you the kind who's just not getting social securities and numbers and things like that? Um, but as you said, this is just going to leave you. This is going to make you more in contact with the state, not less. You're going to have far more interaction with the state than you otherwise would have to if you go this route, in my opinion. The way I look at it is that the state simply exists uh, and it's a reality. We have to deal with it. It's kind of like, you know, gravity or, uh, you know, it's or to to give an example from human relationships. It's like rape exists or crime exists. You know, it's, we can't just imagine a world in which those things don't exist. I mean, we can imagine it and we should strive towards it. But we we also have to remember that it does exist and they can make your life miserable. And so I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want to bring the state into my life any more than I have to, and especially not my children's lives. MC? I, I was thinking of something entirely different um, because uh, I, I look at it from uh, an ID uh, standpoint. So the state and corporations or pretty much a lot of people have, have interest in positive ID positively identifying uh, a person and whether that is to give them something or take something away from them um, that's a, a whole different subject but um, myself I would like to be able to po positively ID people too and that's part part of my you know future monetary system that I want to make and um, so if somebody didn't want to be a part of that um, they wouldn't have to be, but uh, with with the government, they 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 make everything. Uh, uh, well, yeah, they they take your, they, the government exists to take take your rights away and then give them back to you if they feel like it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I I don't really I don't really care about the 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 number system that much, social security numbers and stuff like that. It's is it's definitely. A bad system is definitely a, a, you know negative towards the ideal you know when when they say you know the the uh america is for the free and the brave um well if you're too too scared to live without an id number then you know maybe you shouldn't be in america i don't know i think well part of the article is uh like the 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 voluntary versus involuntary slavery, right? Like they, she's stuck under her parents' rule um, because she feels like she can't go out and do her own thing. At the same time, she could, right? And if her parents really were advocates of freedom and voluntary interactions, you know, an anti-state, then they would allow her to emancipate herself whenever she felt the need to. 
right? It didn't have to be 18. It could have been 13 or 12 or whenever she was capable of going out on her own and doing her own thing. Uh, and I think there's plenty of people working, you know, uh, under the table or voluntarily where that's, I don't want to use that as an excuse either, right? Like if, if this is the situation you're in, how do you make the best of it? Uh, would be my question. And then the other side of it is, you know, what about the, what about, you know, people like me, right? Um, who I, I have a license and a social security number and a birth certificate, um, but would have loved to not have been into that system to begin with, right? Like I don't, I don't file my taxes at the end of the year uh, to stay out of the system as much as possible. Uh, but I can't remove myself completely from it because I've already gotten my numbers, right? Non-voluntarily uh, by my parents before I was able to make the choice for myself. Uh, and at least in her case, right, there's there's got to be a way to, to reintegrate yourself, to like to blue pillar back into the system uh, and finding the right people to talk to, you know, to, to do that, right? Like there's, you know, there, there, there has to I'm be I'm sure something. there's a way. I'm sure there's a way, right? The system won't just say like, no, we don't want you, right? Because if that were the case, then let me the fuck out, right? So she could it, just go to Mexico and then immigrate from there and get a social security number. I don't know. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I have no idea. So I, I think I think that's part of it, right? Is the the inability to emancipate herself from her parents when she was ready, uh, and then her desire to 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 enter the system, right? And which is fine, right? If if it's your choice to enter the system and to be a part of that. Uh, by all means, now that now that you're able to make that decision for yourself, that would be the voluntary choice to 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 enter the system, uh, not be stuck in it and not be able to get out like most people. Any other thoughts? Either of you? Um, yeah, I, I don't. I just I've never been a fan of the sovereign system or the sovereign citizens people. Like I always watch them in courtrooms. Uh, basically arguing with the judge and arguing with the state that the state doesn't have any authority over them. Um, and I think the basic problem is they, they confuse shouldn't with doesn't, right? They do, in fact, have the power to do whatever they want to do to you. And yes. that doesn't seem to sink in with, with some of the sovereign citizens. Like, they can, in fact, kill you. You know, they do. They certainly yeah. have the power to kill you. And there's nothing that's going to happen if they do. So. And I will say the, the sovereign citizen concept in itself is an oxymoron as we've previously discussed yeah, yeah. Uh, that being said uh, i do enjoy going into court and arguing arguing with the judge over this stuff because as a form of as a form of protest right it it it's it demonstrates that the power is not in the law but in the gun right because if it was a yes, system if, if it was a system of justice if it was a system of like you know uh, uh making whole the victims then, then all the things that we that the sovereign citizens and myself argue for and against are valid, right? But when the hammer comes down anyway, you go like, "See, this is not a place of justice. This is a revenue generating scheme." Here is the example. Here is the evidence. Here's, exactly, and you, you're like completely aware of that fact, right, Rich? I am completely you know aware that. of that fact. Right. The problem with a lot of like, like even these Hawaiian kingdoms and people. The problem is, like, they'll say something, so are you saying that this is based on force and nothing else? And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And they're like, oh, so you, you, you support the USA government doing whatever they want. I'm like, no, idiot, I don't support any government. I'm just telling you what government is. Like, I'm giving you a description of what right. the government is. I'm not saying that I support it. 
So but it's entirely the, different when you ask that question to a judge. Are you saying this system is entirely based on force? <laughs> and then waiting there for them to answer on the record, right? Because then you can get a court transcript and publish that to show that it's not a house of justice at all. That's entirely different. Yeah, but we're all on the level. And I think a lot of people, they come to this revelation like in the courtroom. They're like, oh, yes. wait a minute. This isn't about justice. But a lot of those uh, Hawaiian kingdom sovereignty people, well, they, they want their own government, which would be just as bad or worse. And they ought to be in charge of it. Yes. There's like many claimants to the throne. Because, yes, if it was a bunch of Hawaiians in here, the Hawaiians wouldn't make me pay because I'm Hawaiian. They'd make the white guy pay. Yeah, until right. all the white guys leave. Right, right. Okay, sure. Keep that would work that. until all the white people left, and then it'd be like, well, now who we're gonna, how are we going to tax people now? Like, sorry, other Hawaiians. Like, you're on the hook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, right. they were talking about this like 3,000 years ago in the Bible. When it, whenever they're, like, if you read it in Kings, they're like, no, are you sure you want a king? He's going to tax you. He's going to conscript your your man and take you to war like Joshua's or uh, I'm sorry, this was in, I think this was a prophet Joshua telling the people, cause like the people wanted a King, they wanted a government. They're like, you've been just fine without a government. And uh, basically the, the rest of the history of the Bible was them dealing with their decision to want a government and a King <laughs> and all the, and all the problems that that caused. Like... All right. Any final thoughts? All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. If you want to join in on the discussion and the groups, facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, we do that through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.